0: Hello everybody, I'm Liz Testa and this is Lavish Hope. I'm so excited for you to hear this part two of our conversation with Rev. Kenita Harris. If you've not yet listened to part one, I encourage you to do so. In this episode, Rev. Kenita and I will continue to unpack what it means to understand Blackness and the Black Church, particularly as it relates to her work in the city of Detroit. We'll talk about the role and function of the Black Church in today's society, and how these things interact with our understanding of lavish hope, building resilience, and embracing overcoming. Welcome back, Reverend Kenita. We've heard your story of where you found hope and were able to build resilience in this season that was so challenging, right, with the COVID. Mm -hmm. And then just a couple months later, we started really this uh, racial uh, injustice and unrest and sort of response to Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and mm-hmm. George Floyd, that was all happening. It was all running concurrently really with- Yeah, it was. The first, you know, worst months for many of us. You know, I my, my um, office is located here in the New York City area. And we were right on the very front edge of this uh, pandemic. And then we also were very much um, aware of what was going on with uh, the racial injustices in our world. And so I know in um, some of our conversations you and I have had, and of course, that's also part of your vocational calling is Mm -hmm. social justice. So I'm, I'm wondering if you might share with us a little bit about what, you know, what came up for you in that season and then how God has sort of spurred you to engage even more in your, you know, your calling to share stories and to help um, transform communities and systems.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, Yeah, during that time, it was sort of running parallel. So the grief that I was experiencing um, as a loss with the loss of my mom, there was also this other grief um, that was sort of alongside of that, which was around um, the injustice, uh, just continuously um, in terms of um, the violence uh, that was inflicted upon um black bodies that's how i talk about it um and repeatedly hearing hearing these incidents happening and there was just a continuous grief so that time in my life was filled with grief um i remember the scripture about jesus the spirit said to me he was acquainted with grief and and i remembered hearing the spirit say that to me and i was like i don't want any of that <laughs> i don't want any of that and and yet that's where I was. Um, and so in that grief, um, the spirit like did speak, and and what I didn't realize was the path that I was on in terms of um where all of this was sort of taking shape and form with, with my own sort of response, right, to injustice. Um, where's that intersection of faith and justice um for me? And so for me, where that really took shape and form was um the spirit, the presence of the spirit led me to be a part of, um, of a project um, that's that I'm partnering with Detroit Public Television um, here in the city of Detroit. Um, and it's a series on the black church in Detroit. Um, and that project for me um, is really, really such a, a timely project in that it's really for me a storytelling project um, and an opportunity to be able to tell the story of black folk um, and their journey um, This community uh, here in Detroit, our religious um, journey um, in in the city and how the black church, its presence overall in terms of how it has impacted um, this city in in various ways. And and one way in particular is through the presence of doing work in the community um, through community development and 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 that is a story in and of itself that is that is rich alongside all these different aspects of detroit being a place where gospel music has been honed and and has gone out all over the world and and has blessed so many people in terms of in their faith um it, just a rich heritage. Um, and that story not being told um, or a platform for that story to be told. And so I have been blessed to be able to partner with Detroit Public Television and the American Black Journal um, on this project. And for me, it's it's been a way for me to engage this uh, this idea of storytelling as a subversive act, um, but storytelling as a holy act. Um, and it, it's a way of de- of making the declaration um that you know we are made in God's image and likeness, um, and, and telling the story of the way in which God um enters into all contexts, but specifically the the experience of 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 Black people um and and people of faith. Um um, who uh, who have this sort of rich history coming from, um, you know, the ships that we came over to when we landed here um, and in the experience of the institution of slavery of people of African descent in this country, um, this project covers that entire history, mm-hmm. um, but not only just the aspect of suffering, but even the the, the areas of celebration. Um, and, and to be able to have a project like that to me is such a timely thing because I think that telling our story, um, no matter what, background you come from is a subversive act. It is a way, again, of declaring, making the declaration that we are made in the image and likeness of God. And I'm a firm believer that any type of Act that violates the image of God in people is is beneath what God desires in terms of this idea of loving God with all your heart, soul, and your might, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. In that is God's declaration. Um, of this economy of love, which for me is really central to this sense of justice um, that I think has shaped my own sort of theology, my own sense of witness, how I live out the witness of my faith and my calling um, to to be about the work of, 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 of saying how do I partner with the spirit in the redemptive work that the spirit is doing in the world in terms of honoring the image that is within people, the image of God that is in within all. And that's the, that is the position that I take, um, in terms of, the work that I do within the church and the work that I do outside of the church, whether that's at Jefferson East or whether that's through Detroit Bible Tabernacle or even in this project with Detroit Public Television, for me, it's it's this is an opportunity to tell the story um, of the spirituality uh, of Black folks uh, in Detroit and 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 doing that in such a way that it puts on display Mm-hmm. the fact we are indeed and does make the declaration that we are indeed made in the
0: image and likeness of God mm-hmm. so it's so beautiful and and you know i'm just thinking about you know the the theme words of this podcast are hope even lavish hope mm-hmm. and then the resilience and overcoming yes so you know that overcoming is something that as you're talking about black people um african descent people in this country that has been happening for centuries right yeah. since so those first ships arrived overcoming mm-hmm. the obstacles and so i'm i'm just as i'm as i'm hearing what you're saying i'm feeling like th- there's so much hope here mm-hmm. Anita, even as there's truth that has to be named and there's injustices that have to be confronted in these projects that God has you on assignment with, there is such great hope because because part of it is we it's it's the narrative is being rewritten right and claimed mm-hmm. by the very people who should be telling the narrative to begin. right yes and so that to me um, just really resonates. I'm just wondering. I know that folks are going to be wanting to know how do they avail themselves? How do they find this project? Is it on? Is it on uh, public television or is it a lot available online or how? It can is available
1: online, you? yes. You can go to, I believe it's www.dptv.com and you can look under the Black. Church in Detroit series, and there you'll find all of the episodes so far that we've done. We just recently taped um, one episode on the identity of the Black church, um, which was a conversation um, between, I really was privileged actually to have this conversation with my father. Um, he gave really a good historical sort of foundation around this question of what is the identity of the black church? Um, And it was a really good intergenerational conversation about that. And, And sort of then my aspect of that conversation was talking about looking forward, like, what is the identity of the black church and what, is, what does that look like? And what is the role of the black church um, within society? And so um, we just did that taping. And so you can find it again on www.dptv.com and look for the black church uh, in Detroit series. And you'll find all of those wonderful episodes and we're still um, going strong with 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 that project and um, really looking forward to to really sharing even more about the history mm-hmm. of of the Black church in Detroit.
0: I love that. And I think, you know, Detroit has, um, has had its challenges over these decades, right? That, yeah. Um, there was some, you know, uh, for those that might not know, there were very serious race riots that happened in the late 60s. And Detroit has been really striving and struggling mm-hmm. and scratching to try and recover from that and had all sorts of barriers, um, seen and unseen, that were put up to um to prevent the flourishing of the people of detroit if i may say that and mm-hmm. um and i just think again this idea of telling stories as a subversive act i think is important but i also see it as i mean that's how god works right just bringing mm-hmm. voices to the fore yes able to share um, you know the, the hope, the hope of what is what is happening and what is uh, you know what the possibilities are to come. yeah, because I think that is that's so important um, when we're looking at hope is is again, what are we looking towards? Yes so let me ask you, what's next for you? What do you think is 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 what is God calling you to continue to uh, work on or new projects or? Oh my goodness.
1: Um, well, one of the things, uh, is, uh, and we talked about this, Liz, because you know about this, um, as a result of, of, of working on this project, um, and, and again, just doing work within, um, the context where, where I am now here in the city of Detroit, which is really the most highly populated African-American, uh, city, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the country, uh, and. So, of course, in my past, I really have done the majority of my ministry has been in predominantly white context or multiracial context. So when I moved back to Detroit, I was back right where I started. Um, And um, and, and that tends to be now more predominantly black context. Um, And so I think for me, out of this project with this Black Church in Detroit series, it really has sparked in me sort of this interest in wanting to explore the Black church um, in America. Uh, And uh, there's a, there's a project, Henry Louis Gates, uh, the black church uh, series that's, that's still going on. Um, And that's a great series also to watch. Want to uplift that now, um, which is in connection to this, to that series, um, what we're doing here in the city of Detroit. Um, And so really this exploration of, again, this idea of storytelling, that history, um, and, and looking particularly at the identity um, that has sort of um, been shaped by the history, our history as a people, um, but also faith as a part of that, um, and, and how that then, of course, has has played a role in uh, the Black Church's presence um, in terms of really holding up the moral imperative, right of of calling people to to work to do the work of justice. Um, And so our role in that and in the history of that role and and what does that role look like today? What is the place of the black church in this overall movement of of justice um, that is just sweeping through um, our nation. So I'm really, really interested in exploring more of that. And, and so I think probably a D-man, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. You're, like it, you're saying it publicly now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it publicly right on top of that. So God, I didn't mean to do that. But yeah, and, and the D-man is, it seems to be the place where I think personally, the spirit is sort of moving me to to explore more of that. What is there? Um, and And that being a contribution, I think, to to the church, um, but as well to to my community here in the city of Detroit. So,
0: that's so beautiful. God bless you. We will be praying for you as you are continuing to contemplate that. Um, as one who is also contemplating the doctor of ministry, it's a very <laughs> um, humbling process. Is it? Not? Yeah,
1: it is. It definitely is. <laughs>
0: I just keep saying for surely god knows the plans yes he does. has for me for a future with hope amen right <laughs> so so one final thing uh Reverend Kenita, you talk a little bit in your in um in the reflection that you sent to me in preparation for our conversation you talk a little bit about sort of the the your own self, your person, sort of, how, how do you cultivate hope? How do you practice self-care? How do you, you know, you've, you've, you've spoken a lot about the resilience piece, but I'm just wondering about cultivating hope as a young black woman um, in, in this season. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. United States of America, and you know, many of our listeners, I think, would 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 glean wisdom from that for their own lives. Like, what practices could you recommend that you engage yourself in just to help shore you up for all these things that that God has you involved with?
1: So, I think one of the things is definitely uh, in this work of justice. You know, it is demanding. So, one of the things that I do try to make sure um, I do is to retreat. Um, to make sure that I rest from, from this work. And so really being intentional about creating space in my life and really a sort of a rhythm of that to be able to step back from the work um, and, and do that, that other piece of allowing the spirit to, you know, speak to you about you um, and, and some of that work uh requires just even self-examination um and in and, and doing that work I I always say you know you strip yourself of of your title you strip yourself of of everything that you know sort of you move through and the labels you kind of move through in the spaces that you it's just you in the spirit and um and I think for me those moments of being able to draw away from, um, the work, um, from the activity to be able to give space for the spirit to speak to us about us. Um, and, 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 in speaking to us about us, he also speaks to us about our calling about the work that we do. Um, I really try to make sure that I do that because that's a, a really good balance that we need to have, especially in this work of justice. Um, it is, it is a demanding work um but we need to be balanced in, in it and so um i really encourage people who are in this work of you know activism however whatever shape that that that, that is um mm-hmm. for you make sure that you also put in, in in that work space you make space create space for time to be able to take care of yourself um because you're needed um and if you're mm-hmm. not here then right you can't be a part of this work that the spirit is calling all of us to do collectively. Um, And then also just another piece to add um, in terms of just hope, I, I, you know, hope for me is this sort of this growing kind of understanding of what hope is. Um, And for me, hope has been this, is now like this expectation that um, things will not always be what they are, that there is something indeed greater right? That God has in store. Um, and and I find that because deep within my spirit, I know that God desires something greater, greater than what we desire um, for even ourselves, um, for what we desire for our communities, uh, for what we desire for the world that we live in. Um, that is what really drives me um, and is the passion for me in terms of um, why I get up and do what I do. Um, every day. Um, And so that for me is, is always sort of saying, you know, what is hope? Just a simple, basic foundational question sometimes can really lead you sort of to these places uh, where, you know, God speaks to you. Um, And so for me, I, I always ask this question, what is, what is hope, right? What is, what is hope? And for me is, you know, God has something greater in store. Um, No matter what the present situation in reality looks like um, the work, whatever work that I'm doing is a part of the work that God is doing. And that is a greater work. Um, and that's not a work that comes out of my own strength. It's, again, a work of the spirit and the privilege to be able to partner with the spirit in the work. That is where I really find hope um, that the work that I'm doing is not in vain because it is a work that is definitely um, in partnership with the spirit. And and the scripture tells us that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So, um, that's that's what I'm interested Romans 8, 28. in. Romans 8.28. Yeah, Romans 8.28. Um, and Romans 8 is one of my favorite passages in scripture, um, which is one of the, the the passages where I've been hanging around for a few months now, um, because it talks about the spirit um and and the way in which the spirit helps us to um to you know to to sort of mind the things of the spirit live in the spirit walk in the spirit um and that for me is is definitely um where the place of hope is is walking in the spirit because if you walk in the spirit then you see things um and you have a kingdom mindset um and and that's not dictated by what happens in this on this plane of reality you realize that um no there's there's a greater there's a greater thing that's happening. There's a greater story unfolding. There's a greater uh redemptive work that's that's at play. Um, and so again, to be able to participate in that work along with the spirit is is really where I, I find hope um, that that the work that I'm doing, the work that you're doing, the work that we're all doing is not in vain.
0: Amen. And and you know, can, thank you. This is just such a beautiful um end note on our on our conversation. And just to say to you that what you're breathing life into is this concept of God's community, right? Of, of this is the beloved. This is, this is this yeah. gathering in of like-minded people, like hearted mm-hmm. people that are being drawn together to do this common work in our own context, in our own ways, sometimes intersecting, sometimes in yeah. our own lanes, but that this is, that's part of the beauty of the spirit is revealing to us how we are connected in yes. the big story. So how yes. is the story connected into God's big story and then woven into this fabric of each other's, the human story Yes, um, within God's story. For sure. Yes.
1: And it's, it's, it's a powerful thing. I mean, when you think about scripture, it is the story, right? It's the story of, of God's redemptive work. It's the story of God's love for um, not just humanity, but his love for all of creation. Um, it's the story, you mm-hmm. know, and in and, and it we do find ourselves, we are in that story and we're living it. And so, um, so for me, it's, it's always a privilege to be able to, um, to think that before the foundations of the world, that Mm -hmm. God, uh, had me in mind to be a partner with the spirit, uh, (laughs) to, to be a part of his kingdom coming and his will being done in the earth as it is in heaven. So, um,
0: yeah. Amen. And, and this, this beautiful, um, you know, practices that you highlighted about being balanced, taking time to be quiet, um, the, the retreating the concept of retreating. and And I, I see also you're talking about you know things being stripped away. There's a humility, a posture of humility that I think is helpful for all of us to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for some that may just be starting to engage this work, it might be helpful just to remember that even for those of us that are perhaps a little more seasoned in in the work that we're called to do in the name of justice, um, that that humility is so key because we have to stay humble to what God is revealing to us mm-hmm. in real time. Mm-hmm. Around that, you know, when you're talking about balance, yeah, and um, being able to know the path that we're supposed to go because it's not an easy path. Mm-hmm. and it, and it changes on a dime and you have to be able to make decisions about what is the correct way to go what is the way that god is the correct meaning the godly correct way to go and um and i just want to thank you too because Uh, Some of the the folks that I'm engaged with right now are working in in areas of equity and hospitality and justice For Mm -hmm. of course women is a main major part of the ministry that I'm engaged in all different kinds of women We also have um, intergenerational you talked about that uh, the value of intergenerational conversations and ministry And then also uh, people with disabilities and and we know again when you're talking about engaging in the word there's so many stories of how Jesus met people who had um you know seeming disabilities whether um internal or external right mental health or physical disabilities mm-hmm. and how he healed them and how he was able to call them into a a a, a place of being in community and a flourishing yes. and um and just to say that, that these practices that you're highlighting for us, I think have value for people that are engaged in many different areas of justice. Yeah. Who are engaged in intersectional justice. Yes. As well, which some some walk that every day in their personhood. Yes. yes.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, so thank you. I think I think um our listeners are taking away so much from this rich conversation today. So uh Reverend Kenita Harris live from Detroit. <laughs> Thank you so much and God's blessings to you as you continue to um to to tell your story and to encourage and empower others to do the same and um and help us all to think more about how does the spirit move in our lives yes. and draw us closer to one another in this redemptive work that God has us doing reminding us all of our belovedness and um and of this this healing this healing that that bringing in shalom that is possible that is where the hope is
1: that Um, is where the the hope hope of shalom
0: at the end of Mm -hmm. the day that's what we're working towards so yes thank you so much for your time with us thank you so much for having me thank you again for your listening ear i hope more than anything this episode of lavish hope has brought you one step closer to exploring what lavish hope resilience and overcoming means to you in your own life you can connect with Reverend Kenita Ruth Harris at smartkrh at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, comment, and reshare any place here on social. This episode is brought to you by Faithword.org an online learning community where you'll find ideas for living out your faith, reflections on scripture, faith, and church, stories about how other Christians are following God's call, and resources to bring your own church or faith-based organization along for the ride. The Lavish Hope Podcast is produced by Rev. Anna Radcliffe with assistant production by Lorraine Parker, sound design by Garrett Steyer, and web support by Grace Reuter and Barb Ellis.